following takes place between 10 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> Welcome to The Buzz, everyone. Scott Tady, Megan Miller here. Ready to talk some entertainment. And someone's excited about 24, Jack Bauer and the man himself, Kiefer Sutherland, coming to Pittsburgh. Yeah, he'll be here Wednesday, and we'll talk about that a little later in the episode. And we actually have audio of him talking to you a few weeks ago, so make sure you stick around for that. But That was a good impersonation you did, by oh, the way. Oh, thank you. I've been practicing. <laughs> You're a big 24 fan, and, and who wasn't, really? But. One of the best characters ever on TV. So, yeah, like I said, we'll get to that. But uh, first, let's uh, recap some of the uh, events happening this week. I got a show tonight. Uh, the Dandy Warhols are at, Andy, uh, at the Mr. Smalls Theater in Millville. Uh, they had like the best album of 2013 Tales from Urban Bohemia. You might know them from uh, the theme song from Veronica Mars. Just they are as Portland as a band has ever been. They are they are just Portland music, and they're kind of outspoken about that now. They don't like the way Portland's going. It's become too it's too hipster. It's too commercial. They're they're tearing down old buildings. So. Really curious uh, how the new how the new song sound, and uh, we'll see what happens. I, I saw them three years ago, and I, I was a little disappointed, but I, I got a good feeling tonight. So yeah, so tickets still available. And um, later this week, the B fifty twos will be at the Palace in Greensburg. Uh, Friday, and, and it's so rare the B fifty twos play Western Pennsylvania. I, I I honestly can't remember the last time. So, uh, and, and I haven't heard a lot about this tour. Uh, so anything can happen, and it just. Boy, it's going to be so fun to see them doing Rock Lobster and Rome and all the great songs, Love Shack. So who knows what they got left? I mean, they've been around for a long time, but just the fact that they don't play here very often has me very excited. It's just like the novelty effect. Like, I wonder what they're going to do. Do they still sound good? Do they sound the same like they did? It's just, it's just fun, danceable, silly music. They don't have a depressing song. Everyone is just a party anthem. So that would be a good fit for them, the Palace, I think. I've seen shows there like Blondie and like like really big accident you're surprised you're seeing there and, and uh, it's a cool venue I always liked it you like it too don't yeah you? I've only been there once or twice but it'll be an uplifting show then it sounds like positive you know nice happy way to end the week <laughs> and I wonder what the what, you know, what's the crowd like at a B-52 show I, you, you think they'd be pretty pretty loose and fun as well so I would hope so I think yeah it sounds like a fun time and also on Friday night a different kind of fun uh, Teresa Caputo <laughs> from Long Island Medium she'll be at the Benidorm Center in Pittsburgh I've seen a few episodes of that show, and it's very interesting. Uh, do, you, do you believe that, that she is a medium, that she has a, a, an ear and a voice to, to the other world? See, I've never actually watched the show, but I've seen the commercials while I was watching other <laughs> things on TLC, mainly Say Yes to the Dress. But yeah, I'm intrigued because they're kind of billing it as a like live interactive experience, so it kind of sounds like she's going to be you know, in the audience and actually, I don't know, reading people or like getting maybe an energy read on the actual center or what, but it sounds like it's a cool, you know, a cool time, you know, something, I think you have to be open to go to something like that, but I think the people who go are going to enjoy it. Some of the episodes I've seen of Long Island Medium, she'll be like at a gas station that's pumping gas and, and she'll see someone and she'll just instantly get a reading. She'll pick up on the, on this guy's, uh, his mother just died or grandmother or whatever and and she'll start laying out some facts, and people are always skeptical, but then they're like, whoa, how'd you know that? And then they always end up crying at some point. They're, they're convinced that they're hearing, that you know, Teresa Caputo is hearing a message from beyond the grave to, to let them know that everything's okay. And it, it's heartwarming, and I, I want to believe. I, I don't know. I, I, it'll be interesting to see how she does it live. Yeah, there are always tears. Yeah, <laughs> and that's the thing. There's no editing. It is live. And I'm wondering, because I think a lot of people are skeptical, but then if they go to something like that, they're like, well, there's no way she could possibly know that. That's not on Google or, you know, something like that. So I'm wondering with 
you know, 2,000 people in a room, will they be able, like, will she be able to get, like, a clear read on people or would other people's, like, energies be getting in the way? You don't think she's like, okay, Ticketmaster.com, who bought the t- <laughs> who bought that one seat? Let me Google them. Okay, then. <clears throat> yeah, that, that would be, I would. Can't be like that. Yeah, I'd tip my hat to her if she thought like that, but I don't think that's possible. So, yeah, so I think that should be an interesting time, and that's on Friday night at the Benenum Center in Pittsburgh. I, I don't believe that's sold out yet either, has it? I don't think so. I haven't heard too much about the show, actually, and I know she's been here before, but I don't know. So, tickets still left, go. See what happens. <laughs> Unlike any other show you're going to see this year, probably. Yeah, right? And speaking of any other show you're going to see this year, <laughs> Kiefer Sutherland, um, Hard Rock Cafe. Tickets are still available for that, I believe. And they're only $25 for, for a Wednesday concert. Kiefer Sutherland making his first concert in Pittsburgh. Yes, he's a concert artist. He's a country music singer. And not the bro country, as he was very quick to um, say in your interview with him. Uh, yes, yes. He's, he's old school, Waylon, Merle, Johnny Cash kind of thing and he says he fell in love with country music uh, when he was doing uh he was hanging out with rodeo people and he was he was a very good uh roper kind of competitive roping kind of thing which is kind of hard to believe you think Kiefer Sutherland you think all the movies he's did he's done you know you know Lost Boys and everything like that but I don't know he, he seemed sincere in our, in our interview he's he's really into this and I can't wait to see how he does on Wednesday yeah and he seemed really sincere and also he seemed like he wants to get better and he wants that feedback like you know oh well tell me what you thought of the show and like I hope you enjoy it and that all did sound really sincere and I liked how he um, also talked about how he picked up the guitar and what he was listening to as a kid because he was influenced by his brother who was seven years older than him and he had to play the violin in order to play the guitar and um, it was a really interesting story actually that you wrote and that's online now at timesonline.com slash entertainment and it ran in Sunday's paper so definitely give that a read if you haven't already and uh, we'll actually listen now to some of the things that he had to say Um, he talked about writing um, songs and just writing them and giving them to other people and then someone said hey you should record Boredom and how that came about, and you got a question in there too about um, recording. About three, well, about three or four questions I was able to ask him as part of an interview, and I was more curious about the music video he shot. Uh, the song is called "Not Enough Whiskey," and it's a straight-up video on some desert motel with Kiefer Sutherland. And I was wondering what was that like compared to acting, to, to doing twenty-four, to doing movies. And he said it was, it was hard. Making music videos is hard. Well, let, let's let him explain. All the stuff that I ever wrote was always to see if another artist would like to do it. Uh, and I had a couple, I had about three or four songs that I I played for Jude Cole, who ended up producing this record. Uh, and and we went to record a couple of them again to see if we could send them to BMI or Sony and see if another artist would like them. And at some point during the recording, he said, you know, I have to tell you, I think you should keep these songs for yourself. And I think you should you should record them. And I went, well, that's not going to happen. I have no plan to make a record. He said, well, why don't we, you know, you've got four songs. Why don't we do those? And then show me what else you've got. And I think it was somewhere around the fifth or sixth song that I really started to like uh, the way the recordings were sounding. And, and I started to really appreciate my own songs in that way uh, that I had to make a decision for myself. And that decision was, you know what, I will. I'll try this. And... Uh, and if somehow at the end of 10 or 11 songs, I'm not happy, you know, I'll keep them around the house. Uh, but that wasn't the case. I was really happy with it. And that kind of brings us to today. 
a lot of people will get their first taste of Not Enough Whiskey by seeing the music video. It's, it's all over social media now. Bob, I wanted to ask, what was the experience like making a music, making a music video? Did that come naturally to you as an actor, or were there were there differences to movie? No, it, it's a great question. I have to tell you, it's so weird because I've been directing music videos for 30 years. In fact, I directed one of Jude's videos. I think I directed... I mean, going back, everything from Richard Marks to, you know, a variety of country artists to uh, Honey Honey, Rock with the Luca, and, and kind of a lot of videos through Ironworks. Um, no, it was really hard. <laughs> it was it was very bizarre uh, to lip sync because I'd never had to do that before. I mean, we recorded the record and then I go play it live, but I've never had to lip sync to a track. And I think I... I maybe hadn't taken that as seriously as I should have, so it took a few minutes to get going, and because if you watch the video, it really is only two shots, and so you have to kind of be on it the whole way through, and there's no cut-in. So, no, it it was a very... Everything else, whether it was recording or playing live, has felt really organic, and then all of a sudden, you're taking what was feeling so organic and doing a music video which feels completely inorganic, uh, which was kind of a very... It was, a, it was an interesting contrast, to say the least. Which and, and you would expect, given how much time I've spent in front of a camera, yeah. that that I would have been you know more comfortable with it. But once you stick the music part in, it threw me for a minute. It was like that's the closest thing where the two worlds have actually collided uh, for me. And uh, it took me a minute to adjust. And we are back on the buzz. Megan Miller and Scott Tady here, ready to talk um, Alex playlist. <laughs> now you you'll have to set this up. But you had a really cool evening in Pittsburgh on Saturday night. Hanging out with Alec Baldwin. Yeah, was, no big deal. <laughs> it was an interesting night. Uh, yeah, he curated a show for the Pittsburgh Symphony when he was in town making the movie Concussion. He went to a symphony show and, and became friends with some of the people and they challenged him. Hey, Alec, why don't you come to Pittsburgh and create a show? You you pick the music, we'll perform it. He accepted the challenge. So he was in town and he got upstage in Heinz Hall and, and just very funny guy. He, uh, he he came out to the, the the music from 2001 Space Odyssey that real that Strauss that heavy you know <laughs> of course he did da, 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 da. and then he said well the, the conductor uh, Honick didn't Manfred Honick didn't want that but so you know he just kind of playing into his his ego the, the characters he always plays like on Thirty Rock are very a bit of a blowhard and he was just kind of having fun with that image of him but uh, just just entertaining guy and he he set up some really good music and he explained that he's been a classical music fan since the 80s he was driving to the sets of uh, movies he was making and TV shows, and he just was channel surfing, hitting on some classic music, and, and he loved it. He just fell in love with it right off the bat. And He's a big fan of this day, and he wants to promote classical music, so that's why he's coming to a place like Heinz Hall to, to help spread the word. And, and, you know, I'm sure there were people in the audience that wouldn't normally have gone to a classical music show. Now, did he, like, set up the, like, were they personal choices of the songs that he chose, or, like, did he, like, tell little anecdotes before he... Went into a selection, or he did one of the songs he chose. He said the uh, first thing he ever did acting wise was a soap opera, and he said my character was so bad, he got shot and killed by two people simultaneously. And neither one knew the other one was was shooting. <laughs> That's how bad he was. Two people wanted to, to off his character, but the music that was playing during that. Uh, Bradley, I believe is how you pronounce it. He, he played that selection, and uh, he said, "Yeah, kind of stuck with me." <laughs> I guess you don't forget that your first scene when, you, when you're killed by two people. But then he played uh, some some music from the Nutcracker, even though it's it's Christmas music. He said, 
he's one of those people Christmas uh, you get burned out after a while but this is one that, that really sticks with me so so yeah he had stories to tell and, and, and there was Beethoven and, and just it was there were, there were some uh, traditional ones and there were some, some deeper cuts and uh, it, it was entertaining I thought now you got to actually meet him beforehand across the street and he's at the Six Pen restaurant yeah Six Pen Kitchen we're yeah. allowed to say that now <laughs> yeah, yes um, yeah, and you actually got to have some one-on-one time with him, and did he, like, give any secrets away about the symphony show that you were going to see later that night, or any... He did. He said he's actually hoping to do a documentary on, on the modern state of classical music, and he said he can't give any specifics yet. He's still trying to get the financing, but that's how passionate he is about this. He wants to put out a documentary talking about, you know, who still does like classical music, and where's it come, where's it going, so that's, that's kind of cool, but... And we had some fun, too. We talked about when he was in Pittsburgh before shooting movies. And, he, yeah, he did the Permanis thing. And he said one night he just went out to a restaurant. I, I think his sister was in town, maybe. And he said, we just we wanted to junk it up. So we had something. We had cheesy cheese cheese with, with fried <laughs> cheese and stuffed cheese. And he just described a, a perfect night at a Pittsburgh bar, basically. That is, sounds like a perfect night at <laughs> yes. a Pittsburgh bar. Yeah, you think as an actor, someone watching his way. But he, he just let it go that one night, I guess. But, uh yeah, he, he said he had a lot of good meals in Pittsburgh, and, and he, he thinks very fondly of the city, and he's a big fan of the Pittsburgh Symphony, and that's why he's spending a Saturday night at Heinz Hall. Now, do you think he'll come back, or other people will Ooh. follow in his think, footsteps and do it? That, yeah, that would be good to see some other ones do that, because like I said, it, it is a different kind of show, and uh, if he's serious about doing this documentary on classical music, I, I think he wouldn't want to come back and, and profile the Pittsburgh Symphony, the Emmy nominated, or the, the Grammy nominated symphony. It's one of the better ones in the country, and... Uh, you know, I also had a chance to talk about his TV character on 30 Rock, which is just <laughs> an, I mean, just a great character, um, you know, Jack, the, the blowhard corporate executive for GE. And I said, what, what would Jack think of a night like this? What would he think if he got to curate a major symphony show? And he said, as long as he got a woman's phone number or he scored a big <laughs> deal for GE by the end of the night, it'd be a great night. It'd be a winning night. So that... He, he didn't miss a beat. He was right into his, his jacket. <laughs> he was character. ready for it. Yeah, a, a true actor. And so. it sounded like it was a winning night, too. So It was. That's it was. cool. And, uh, yeah, he, he's just uh, he's as cool as can be. And I, I posted a picture on Facebook. I got like 200 likes or whatever like that. And I, there's a lot of Alec Baldwin fans out there, I realize. And people were asking about, did you ask him what's in his wallet from that commercial? <laughs> or they were making some Saturday Night Live references. So, uh, yeah, it was good to see him in Pittsburgh, though. It's a good thing for the symphony. I think it is. And I think it gets another audience in there that might not go see the symphony but want to see Alec Baldwin. <laughs> well, and, like, it's a good... I mean, he made it very personable with doing that preview event beforehand. And it yeah. just sounded like he was very down-to-earth and he was kind of wanting people to know about it. There was a bridal party outside and they were just begging him to come out. They were so <laughs> hoping he would, I think he did and he kind of he ran through pretty quickly. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, people were excited he was in town. And uh, Pittsburgh was just hopping anyway. You had the Penguin playoff game going on. You had the Pirate game that night. So it was one of those times you, it just felt really good to be in Pittsburgh. And, and you recognize you're in a, a very special city. Yeah, and it was beautiful weather as well. So well, it was. perfect perfect Saturday afternoon and evening. I was out the night before, too. Yes. Right? Tell us about, you went to a different place and saw a different band that might not be on everyone's radar. A much, much smaller Mr. Roboto project in, in Bloomfield. Uh, pretty much size of this room I'd say <clears throat> but um, it had prettier lights though right they have cool lights <laughs> here, yeah it, it, there's no bar there, there's no concessions whatsoever it's just a, a place to go see music but the band was Two Cow Garage out of Columbus Ohio just a hard rock and bit of Americana sounding just great garage rock kind of band and love these guys absolutely love them and here's the good news they're looking to come to Thursdays in Bridgewater Thursdays restaurant they're trying to work out the, the logistics there remember last year there was a thing called Labor Fest 
with Matthew Ryan, Beaver resident, and he brought in a guy from uh, Colorado, uh, the band Arliss Nancy, and then they did a really special show. Some Beaver County bands took part. This year, they're really hoping to get to Cow Garage. Uh, and like I said, they're just trying to work out the details on the itinerary. And I'll, I'll let you know if it happens. I'll, I'll probably get the scoop on that. Uh, it, it would just be a great thing for Beaver County because this band was just awesome. It, it was just a, an hour of some of the best live music I've heard all year. So put them on your radar. Two Cow Garage. It's a cute name. I do. I like that name a lot. Yeah. And, um, of course, we can't get through an episode without talking about <laughs> Dancing with the Stars. Uh, Antonio Brown is still, you know, going strong, still booming, as he would say. Um, so, yeah, we have a new episode tonight, and somebody else will get eliminated. They're switching judges, to, or they're, they're switching partners tonight. So he will be dancing with a new partner, and everyone will be. So that, that's kind of a different wrinkle. We'll see if there's some awkwardness there or how quickly he's able to develop a chemistry with a, with a new partner. Yeah, because, I mean, this still can't be second nature to him yet as far as, I mean, I know he's part of a team and he probably has all of that down, but, you know, the dancing and the trust that comes with it. And he's going to be dancing with Karina Smirnoff, right? Yes. And she is Four-time cur- national champion or something like that. She's, she's one of the best in the world. And she is currently with Doug Flutie, right? right. So she, she must be excited <laughs> yeah. because she's kind of going from somebody who's at the bottom of the leaderboard who can't really dance that well and who I'm surprised he's actually still in the competition and she's going to somebody who has a lot of clout behind him as far as voters and fans and support and he's pretty good yes she'll be like, no don't, don't take me away <laughs> I don't want to go back so she might you know petition to make it permanent but now last night or last week was Disney night and one of your did that meet your expectations Miss Miss Disney fan it did um I really liked some of the um Choices that people made. You know, Antonio, of course, did Aladdin. Um, I liked a lot of the... Most of the um, movies represented were older ones. I think the newest one, of course, was Zootopia, which just came out, and then Toy Story, and then the rest were, you know, my favorites. The Little Mermaid, The Lion King, you know, Beauty and the Beast, Jungle Book. So, yeah, I mean, it was a lot of fun. People really looked like they were having fun. They got to kind of play into the creativity behind it and all of the costumes. And I liked Shorna's Jasmine costume from Aladdin that she was dancing with Antonio that was Brown. Cute. That was cute, yeah. That was... he, did, he did pretty good because, as the judges said, he had, you know, four professional dancers behind him, and he had to keep up with them, or it was really going to be noticeable that he's not as good. And I thought he did pretty well with that. I did, too. He, he was tied for the second-highest score of the night, so... He definitely asserted himself there. And we both kind of think, or our favorites, or front runners, are Paige, and I still don't know her last name, the UFC fighter. Van Zant, yeah, the UFC fighter. Yeah, the fighter. fighter. Yes. And then Wanye Morris from Boys to Men, who did The Lion King, which I was <laughs> excited about because I wanted somebody to do The Lion King. You did a good. Um, but yeah, they're kind of probably the two of the lesser known names on there, and they're doing the best, and I hope. They can continue on, even though they might not have the fan support that some of the other people would. And that's where the balance is. Part of the how well you do is the judges' score, and part of it is the, the votes from fans. And, of course, Antonio Brown, uh, Vaughn Miller, the Denver Broncos, they're going to have that built-in fan base. You, you wonder how much uh, one it has uh, with boys to men, but uh, he's, he's dancing really well. So uh, I, it's an interesting year. I, compared to the Heinz Ward year, I, I'm thinking this one's more competitive. 
I would say. Yeah, definitely. I'm not hearing as much buzz no, from it as no. previous years, or especially the year Heinz Ward was on yeah. it. Are, so. you, are you jaded already, Pittsburgher <laughs> Steeler fans? We, Heinz Ward wins, and now you don't care that Antonio Brown? Come on. And he's doing well. No, yes. I don't remember Heinz Ward this early in the competition. Who would you say was stronger at you know this point, week five? Heinz was pretty strong right out yeah. of the bat. Yeah. I feel like he started really well and then just kept getting you yeah. know, better. Yeah. Antonio, he, he always shows, a, like the judges have mentioned this, he shows a flash of, of just brilliance and then there'll be a, a time where maybe he doesn't quite pick up on something and he, he you know isn't showing enough the right movement or whatever, then enough fluidity. So uh, Heinz maybe was more of a natural, but anyone who's watched Antonio Brown on the football field knows it's what an amazing athlete he is. And, and you know he's got his best moves are still ahead. You just know it. And uh, Marla Maples went home, and that was one that we had said who was doing pretty she well. Was. But I think she kind of fell into that. Does she have a fan base? You know, voting for her. Yeah, when your claim to fame is formerly married to Donald Trump, that, that doesn't do a lot I for mean, your fan base. Yeah, but. like she's not as much of a celebrity as some of the other people. And one of the ones that I was really surprised at, now she's been in the bottom two twice now, is Jody Sweeten. I think she might go to it. I think well, so too. Well,. I, that'd be my, my prediction. I think her and Doug Flutie should definitely probably be in the bottom too. She's not bad at all. Like she's a good dancer. It's just some of the other ones are just so much better and stronger and more consistent. And it's like who, if she's not in the bottom two or the bottom three, who should be in her place? And I can't come up with an answer. Well, Doug Flutie. Uh, Other course, than him. Uh, well, Tom Brady. New England had to <laughs> tweet his support in a picture. He was holding the Flutie Flake cereal of Doug Flutie. So uh, they're, they're playing that Boston New England card. It's like, but, sit uh, down, Tom Brady. This yeah. doesn't concern you. That's just one more reason to vote for Antonio Brown. Just to, just to make Tom Brady mad. Just to spite Tom Brady. Yes. <laughs> Hear that, Pittsburgh? So, and I all right, uh, we'll be right back to talk this week's Love It or Loathe It. Get ready, get set, get out this weekend. Watch every Thursday as I, Scott Tatey, give you the scoop on local entertainment and help you plan how to get out this weekend. Sponsored by Lincoln Park Performing Arts Center, a new episode premieres every Thursday at timesonline.com entertainment or watch on our Beaver County Times Roku channel. Don't miss it. And back we are at the buzz. Scott Tatey, Megan Miller here, giving you all kinds of scoops, updates, talking entertainment. And uh, it's the time of the show. We do our love it or loathe it, something that's got us fired up in a good way or a bad way. And I'll let you start. Yeah, I think we're both loathing things this week. I am finally going to, I think you've been loathing this for far longer than I have, and I'm finally jumping on the bandwagon. Girls on HBO. I think it's time to wrap it up. Yeah, I've, I've tried to get, I, I'm not the demographic I realize, but I've tried to watch it and just a, a little Lena Dunham is, is, just goes a long way. She just gets very, very irritating, I think. And it's almost like there are four main characters and it, it sometimes ebbs and flows, but sometimes it follows one more than the other. And this season was a lot of Lena Dunham, like just <laughs> constantly. And it's just, I don't know, like it's starting to get just kind of trashy a little and not even like in a good way where like Sex in the City, you know, would have... Or, I mean, it's just it's just starting to get hard to watch. Like, I'll find myself, you know, catching up on it and starting to doze off a little. And it's like, well, that's not good during a 30-minute, you know, sitcom, <laughs> you know, comedy. But She went back to Iowa, is that right, in, in the season? Or? That, I don't even remember what season that was. They're all back in New York. One okay. went to Japan and didn't, uh, Shoshana, to, for a job. And then that didn't work out. And then she just finally came back, I think. 
in last night, there were two episodes last night. It was the season five finale. Um, so we'll have a break from them for a while, but I don't know. It's just, it's just not believable to me because at least with sex in the city, which I mean, that's the easiest thing to compare it to. That wasn't believable. And she was a freelance writer and, you know, wore $400 shoes, like multiple pairs of $400 shoes and lived in this fabulous apartment. I mean, but that was almost like something to like look up to and not aspire to be, but like, that was like fun to watch. Well, these ones, like, it's not quite reality, but it's not quite, like, perfect dream world either. It's, like, somewhere in between, and it almost needs to pick a side. In Sex in the City, the characters were flawed, but you rooted for them. When I've tried to watch girls, I don't find myself rooting for them. Yeah, you almost... They're too had, self-absorbed or something. They were too self-absorbed. They're just kind of irritating and bratty, and it's like they, you know, graduated college, and, you know, they expect, you know, the world to drop at their feet, and... It just, I don't know. And I mean, the ones that Sex in the City, they were probably about 10 years older, eight to 10 years older when the show started. I think the girls' characters are like 26 now, but it's just, I mean, just really just self-absorbing is the right way, is the best word for it. I don't blame you. And I'll tell you, I'm, I'm loathing some TV too. I, I've tried all this season, all last season. I, I've been trying to stick with Saturday Night Live and I grew up on Saturday Night Live, but it's it's just, it's it's just gotten so bad. The writing is just, it's just, it's you know I don't even stick around and watch the, the performer like in this case Nick Jonas do his second song. I'm I'm tuning out like at twelve fifteen and I I don't know what's going wrong. I, I don't even think Alec Baldwin could save it and he's been the host more than anyone and he's always funny on there. But we had Julie Louis Dreyfus as the guest host this this past Saturday and uh, they just didn't give her anything funny to do and and. We talked about this before. The years when there's an election, it's usually been funny and pointed like Tina Fey doing the Sarah Palin. And I'm just not enjoying the election stuff they're doing. And it's two seasons in a row that's just been very, very hard to watch. Now, have they, do they still have like first rung um, actor or hosts and musical guests? Or is that starting to slip a little? Yeah, you're not quite seeing the, the talent. Uh, I don't think musically. Uh, you know, I mean, Nick Jonas was a great choice, but. Yeah, it, it just doesn't have the same wow factor it used to. And I, I realize there's more competition and, and not as many people are staying up watching it. They're doing bigger and better things. But that, to me, that was just a tradition. You come home from wherever you were Saturday, you, you know, it's like 11.30, 11.45. You turn on the TV, you watch, you laugh. But uh, it's, it's just the jokes just aren't funny. I mean, maybe it's the cast. I don't know. And, and historically, they've had ups and downs, ebbs and flows. There's been years that weren't as good. But they always bounce back and they develop some new characters, some new uh, you know, some catchphrases, some storylines that you really like. But two years in a row, I'm, I'm really worried about the show. I'm, I'm looking for something else to watch on Saturday nights. A girl's merit note. No, no, definitely. Although it is Watchathon week on, you know, Comcast, so might find a new show. And you mentioned Julie Louise Dreyfus. She is back as Veep. I know you're a fan Next of week. Yes. So that's something to look forward to, to fill the girl's void on HBO. So um, I think that's it for this week. Uh, thank you for joining us. Um, as always, you can follow all of our entertainment news at timesonline.com slash entertainment. And you can find this podcast and all of our other ones. We have a Pens and a Pirates uh, podcast at timesonline.com slash podcasts or on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or SoundCloud by searching the Beaver County Times. And on Twitter, I'm at Maggie E. I'm at Scott Tady. Thanks for joining us.